Welcome to How the Guest Was Won, Tales from the Trails for Vacation Rental Pioneers. This is your host, Andy Medic, CEO of Stay Attention, former CEO of my own vacation rental management company, Sea Change Vacation Rentals, and most importantly, guest. To thrive as an operator in the wild west of today's vacation rental industry, you must get focused and clear on your brand and revenue strategy. In this podcast, through stories from our businesses and our experience as guests, we'll explore the concepts, challenges, and common obstacles encountered while building vacation rental hospitality brands, regardless of scale. Vacation Home Pioneers, bring your voices, your stories, and join me on the trails as together we tell the true story of how the guest was won. On this episode, it's all about scale, elite standards, and elitism. Are we differentiating correctly when we divide our industry according to scale of operations? Or should we differentiate based on elite standards of professional management regardless of scale? What standards should be common regardless of price point? Beware of crossing a fine line between elitism and elite standards when setting barriers for entry to an industry. I'm calling this episode King Kong or Fay Ray, elite standards at any scale or price. But first, my usual shout-out reminder. If you've not already listened to all your episodes, including our preview episode, I urge you to go back and listen, since our seasons run as a complete series, and I would be sad for you to miss out. Before we get into the meat of our conversation today, I wanted to first warn that this episode's topic has the greatest potential of this first season to garner controversy and to risk offending some operators. Please listen carefully to my points and do not miss the nuance in my argument over elitism versus elite standards. It's okay to disagree with me. There is room for all opinions in the world of civil discourse. Not everyone will see the world as I do, and that's okay. I'm sharing my opinions to encourage further discussion. I also want to address ahead of our conversation the topic of disclosing standards that we may feel are part of our competitive edge. In my opinion, I think it's natural to fear our ideas being copied, or to use a stronger word, stolen. Associated with this fear is having others critical of our ideas, Many entrepreneurs have said that it's a sign of success if one's ideas are copied or criticized. They recommend we forge ahead and not worry about it. This opinion is so common among entrepreneurs that, with all due apologies, I cannot attribute a quote. A copy is a facsimile, not an original. If a brand is sufficiently uniquely differentiated by its own purpose, identity and positioning, a copy will not replace the original. If others are critical of your ideas or even ridicule them, then at best they may not just understand what you're doing. At worst, you threaten their idea of safety. Hence, embrace copies and criticism as a marker of success. Welcome to episode 5. We're a little slow getting moving on the trail today after our late night campfire chat about OTAs, 
channel managers, a marketing strategy in our last episode. Episode four was a quick look at a deep topic. I hope you all got some rest and opportunity to reflect before we hit the trail again today. We've got a lot of ground to cover here in episode five, so up and at it. Let's get back in the saddle again and get back out where a friend is a friend. You can be mighty King Kong or a more human-scale Fay Ray as a vacation rental operator, yet we all hit the same issues connecting with and providing services to our clients. This is fascinating to me as I listen to our industry thought leaders with large-scale, well-known operations and brands. They really are saying the same things that we say at our small businesses and are dealing with the same issues. How often have you heard someone on a stage make a point and think to yourself, I said the exact same thing yesterday? Oh, yeah. Guys, just because someone has a fancy job title at a large company, a microphone, a stage, or a platform that many gravitate towards, since we're all dealing with the same issues, servicing the guest and the property owner's investors, it doesn't mean that your voice, your opinion, is any less valid. Join the conversation. This is your industry too. Don't let anyone mess with your head and make you feel as if you're not welcome in some private elite club. And if your own head ever gets to swell a little and you get too self-important, I'm going to share with you what my mentor asked me when I was in my first year of business. Mentor asked me two questions. Number one, Andy, have you cleaned any toilets yet? And number two, have they made you cry yet? My reaction was admittedly, laughably predictable. I said, no way will I clean toilets. I will hire the best housekeepers in the business. I did. I will not be cleaning toilets. I did because I had to kiss a lot of housekeeper frogs who could not get the job done before I worked my way up to the best in the business. I've got thick skin and broad shoulders. I do business development for the company. If I can handle rejection in sales, I will not cry. I will man up. Here's today's episode story. Are you riding comfortably? Good. Then I'll begin with a story from my own vacation home management company. Our story begins not once upon a time. It begins at 5.01pm on Friday, May the 22nd, 2015. I'm in the second or third year of business. I'm not exactly sure as I've kind of blocked the memory out. Today, Friday, May 22nd, 2015 is also my 50th birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yay! What birthday gift did my business give me? I was the holder of the emergency after I was on call rotation that week. You see, I had not yet been able to hire to remove myself from the on-call rotation. I know what you're thinking here. Is our hero an idiot? Why didn't he get somebody else to take the on-call rotation? A 50th birthday is a big deal. Well, your business is still young, yet growing fast, and as luck would have it, your birthday is also one of the busiest holidays of the summer season. Did I mention it was Memorial Day weekend and we were fully booked? It was a hot May that year, and I was still a hot mess, running around trying to keep everybody happy at the same time. Since it was a busy weekend, then chances are I was going to get called for backup by anyone else who had the on-call rotation anyway, 
So I just short-circuited the whole deal, saved somebody else the hassle, and put myself on call. How bad could it be, right? It's a holiday weekend. You're going to get called. Trust me. At 5 p.m., we switch over from our office staff to after-hours emergency support. Hard to believe, but I was called at 5.01 p.m. while leaving the office to walk to my car. I spent the next four hours trying to personally handle, um, how can I put this, a particularly smelly plumbing-related flood at a property. Oh, that's awful. A decade of vacation home management under my belt later, it's unbelievable to me that I didn't call a plumber and instead opted to fix the issue myself to save the owner money. I also did not call housekeeping back to clean up after the mess. Again, I did that myself. To be fair, Friday of Memorial Day weekend in a beach resort area, the traffic is so bad that anybody being called after hours is likely to take quite some time to get to a property. Our office was right around the block from the property that had the plumbing problem, and so I figured the fastest way is to fix it myself. Do not do this at home or anyone's home. Call a professional plumber. Call professional housekeeping. But I was younger, greener, I even had more hair, and what I had was not gray yet. To cut a long, very smelly, messy story short, I fixed a backup in a toilet, cleaned the bathroom and the living room that the toilet had flooded into. Guest was returning from the dinner I'd sent them out to, on me, and Guest was happy to arrive to a functioning toilet and a living room that no longer looked like a crime scene. Me? I was happy to have the problem fixed and a smiling Guest, even if I still had not eaten or yet got home from work. As I stepped out of the property, not into the sunny afternoon I began the emergency with, but instead a dark, humid, stormy evening. I paused to call the owner with an update. I thought it'd be a quick call with a grateful, happy owner. Well, that was not about to happen. Sometimes when you make a judgment call, you might get it wrong. A decidedly unhappy, non-appreciative owner yelled at me for my decision to snake a toilet that was a vintage system and quite delicate. I was so frustrated that I sat in my car and, yep, tears rolled down my embarrassed, sweaty, dirty face. Then I realized, just as I'm barely getting started in the business, not only had I cleaned toilets, but yes, they'd made me cry. Mentor, like your mother, was right. That frustrates me! Fast forward eight or nine years later to 2022, And don't you know it, this historic property was sold. House and vintage plumbing still intact after my do-it-yourself plumbing job. Well, everything was torn down by the new owner and a brand new house now sits on the lot. All that work, that worry, those tears, and the world continues to turn. At least I made a lot of guests happy, mostly at that property. What do we learn from my story? Yes, always call a licensed qualified plumber and a licensed qualified housekeeper. That's a given. 
The lesson I learned the hard way, however, was that no matter how big and fancy we are or get to be, at some point in this industry, we will all clean a few toilets, literally or metaphorically. And if they don't make you cry, then you ain't human. You AI. (laughs) It's so uncool to laugh at one's own jokes. Okay, enough reminiscing. Let's get on with our ride. That's what I'm talking about. Here's some questions I want you to consider as we ride. Firstly, in such a fragmented industry, can we coordinate with each other regardless of the size of our operations to agree on elite standards of professional management that define our industry, connect with, and build trust with the guest? And secondly, are elite standards scale and price independent? How do we differentiate between standards that guests deserve regardless of how many properties we manage and the price point of the stay. We have a huge problem in our vacation rental industry. You know what it is? Guests simply do not trust our product because their experience is so varied. Why is guest experience so varied? A lack of professional standards. To me, this is a conceptual branding issue and not an operational issue. To connect with and build trust with guests, as an industry, we must make it a basic concept of business philosophy or brand purpose to eliminate the wide variety of quality of guest experience that exists at all scales and price points. Bigger is not necessarily better. The real trade-off in scale is consistency. From an operations standpoint, what do you need to do in your business to eliminate varied results for guests and standardize your operations? What standards define your operations and how do you consistently deliver on them? How do you reflect these standards in your brand messaging? To set the scene for our conversation today, I wanted to give some background to where I got the idea for this episode. Hang in there with me since this is not an easy topic to explain as it's so multi-layered. <laughs> so what's new, right? It's vacation rentals. Let's start with curated product selections. We're already seeing curations of vacation rental inventory pop up across our global industry. Any selection of properties managed on behalf of an owner-investor may be viewed in some respects as a curation. Some curations go further and wrap travel services around a selection of properties to reach and connect with a guest. I'm not critical of any of this in any way. I fully support any business taking a curated approach to the product they bring to market. It makes sense to not try to be all things to all people. The thing that got me thinking regarding curating product selections is what standards define eligibility for inclusion in a curation. What are the criteria that are used that are common to all properties included in a curated selection? What are the standards that allow a property or a company entry into a curated or a luxury selection? Often such curations command a certain elevated price point, an Instagram-worthy eye candy of location and amenities. To me as a guest, however, it's more than just quality, more than what defines luxury. I assume a certain standard of professionalism in management and guest experience with such curations. And this led me to my next thought. Price point and scale of operations. 
If I can trust a curated or luxury group in the properties for an assumed set of standards, what about the challenges of building guest trust in the vacation rental product when the marketing does not revolve around luxury? There are no commonly defined standards of professional management or even amenities at any price point in the vacation rental product. This is also true of scale. We can manage one property or thousands. To the guest, scale is irrelevant. The guest wants to be able to trust us with their vacation choice regardless of how many properties we manage. A vacation rental property is a lodging product, right? So let's look to the traditional mainstay of the lodging industry, hotels, to see what they do regarding standards across their product offerings. I mentioned in the last episode that the large hotel chains have been very successful in vertically integrating product choice for guests at multiple price points. Essentially, there is one umbrella brand, the main company, then several sub-brands running under the umbrella brand, offering various levels of guest experience and amenity at tiered price points, from full service down to budget. What impresses me, however, is that the main umbrella brand can enforce brand standards across all the sub-brands, regardless of the price the guest is paying per night. As a hotel guest, for example, there is a common standard for what constitutes a bed. Why do we not have a common understanding on what constitutes a bed in a vacation rental property? A bed! That most fundamental item of hospitality. As guests, we do not worry about what the bed will look like in a hotel. Yet while booking a vacation rental property, we must scour listing photographs and listing descriptions to put together the jigsaw puzzle on where grandma and grandpa will sleep and at what item of furniture. Why is this and could it be different? Here's a hint. Elderly guests cannot sleep on a futon in a shared open landing room accessible by steep stairs. That should not count as a bed or a bedroom for that matter. Connect with and know your guest. You can apply this logic to the scale of a huge global brand such as Marriott. It's a genius move by Marriott to offer a brand extension into vacation rentals via homes and villas by Marriott Bonvoy. Note the inclusion of the Marriott loyalty program in the brand name. Not only are the standards of the Marriott umbrella brand extended to their vacation rental brand, but also the convenience of being able to use loyalty points earned at other Marriott brands in their vacation rental brand portfolio. The challenge to Marriott is the same challenge to a small vacation rental operator. How to develop and enforce product standards to maintain brand promise and identity when the vacation rental product, the vacation rental industry is lacking with common standards across operators at all scales. You know, it's episode five and I feel that we're starting to get to know each other. So I'm going to open up to you here. There's something I need to get off my chest. My radar is always up at the hint of elitism. Private clubs where someone gets to decide by secret rules if I measure up or not for entry. Don't get me wrong, I firmly believe in standards. A restaurant, for example, has every right to decide that for their brand, they require a certain dress code. It's all in how it's communicated and managed, however. There's a world of difference in having a dress code openly disclosed on a business website, then diplomatically and sensitively reinforced to the guest ahead of arrival, or having a faceless thug on a velvet rope 
subjectively deciding who gains entry or not. This comes down to elite standards versus elitism. Why is this relevant to our topic? I think that if we decide in our industry that we split by scale, then what we're creating is a private club that has no connection to the guest. If we say that you're only required to set and follow professional standards if your company and product selection meets a certain scale of operations, then we fail the guest on a smaller scale. We also, in a way, close the entry door to operators who cannot or do not want to operate at a set scale. Who gets to decide that the guest benefits from professional standards based on the number of properties a person or company manages? What's the magic number of properties? Where does the velvet rope draw the line to entry? What do you think is the difference between elite standards and elitism? I think that there is a world of difference between being defined by a set of elite standards, being elite, and elitism. Elitism seems subjective to me, based on someone's unexpressed decision that I do not deserve entry. On the other hand, elite standards seem objective since they're an established set of entrance requirements that anyone can aspire to. Orbiter magazine made this case beautifully in an article entitled Elitism is a Problem. Being elite is the solution. The difference is more than semantics. Here's a quote from the article written by Connor Wood, Orbiter magazine, January 1st, 2018. Being elite entails taking on the responsibilities of leadership, which includes self-sacrifice, looking out for the common good, and being willing to make difficult decisions. It's the inverse image of snobbery. Snobs and elitists care about themselves, but elites, as we're defining them here, care about the institutions, organizations, and individuals that are under their care. End quote. What I understand from this quote is that being elite is about leadership, taking the lead in setting elite standards of professional management to build guest trust in our vacation rental industry. Also, elite standards are about the guest, not the establishment. If the needs of the establishment trump those of the guest, then this is elitism. Who gets to define the establishment? Here's a real-life example, another Andy story. Ready, set. The other evening, I was out for a birthday dinner with my spouse. This time, I was not on call. The spouse had called the restaurant ahead of time to let them know it was a special occasion dinner. The spouse had arranged for a champagne toast to be brought to the table at a set time. White tablecloth, fine dining, expensive, fancy schmancy restaurant. The food, ambience, cocktails, all were wonderful. The service I would classify as overly attentive. Put less diplomatically, we could not get rid of our waiter. Each time our heads were down close together, having a private conversation, the waiter interrupted. We had to hear his opinion on how the flavors of our food went together. At one point, while we were enjoying our champagne toast, the waiter interrupted to clear an empty cocktail glass from the table. It was a mood kill of a table service. The waiter should have just pulled up a chair and joined our celebration. Top marks for service, attentive, yes. Knowledgeable about the restaurant, the menu, yes. Clearly the restaurant has high service requirements for fine dining relating to not having dirty dishes and glassware on the table between courses. 
This rule seemed to be more important than letting us enjoy our meal, however. This implied to me that the restaurant valued their own standards above those needs of the guests to enjoy their private time. In the vacation rental world, this would be the equivalent of a manager constantly showing up at the property to check on the guest. Too much. If I were training fine dining waitstaff, I would emphasize, of course, the importance of bussing the table. However, I would also train the staff in observation. Don't interrupt an obvious conversation and insert yourself to collect a dirty dish. Watch and wait. I felt like we were in the way, doing something wrong. I started to feel like I wasn't fancy enough for this restaurant. Either way, I was uncomfortable despite the high quality. Elite standards, not elitism. Empathy by any other name. The point that I'm making here is that it's okay to have standards, but if your standards mean that your business does not connect with the guest, then you're making it about you, not them. That's elitism. You're better than your guest, better than the restaurant down the street because they serve burgers and fries. $75 entree or $15 burger. I still want to be able to have a conversation with my spouse without the waiter inserting themselves to fill a need of the business over hours. So who or what do you think is the villain of today's episode? (laughs) Given the lack of commonly agreed standards across our vacation rental industry, I think that there's real danger that as the conversations happen around developing standards, we inadvertently cross a line between elite standards and elitism. As I've already said, I believe elite standards are about the guest. If we start to believe that you cannot or should not have elite standards in our industry unless you manage a magical number of properties, then we veered into elitism. Standards are an aspirational beacon, seen by all. Welcome to all those prepared to put the resources and work into making it happen. Elitism, on the other hand, well, it has no place in the hospitality industry. Elitism is about private clubs, doors that are closed, secret rules of admission. Elitism is today's villain. As an industry, we could go further than fragmented individual managers or groups of managers bravely set in their own standards. Why not follow the lead of the software industry? Let's go open source on our vacation rental elite standards. We could establish a non-profit trade organization whose mandate is to curate a set of professional standards for vacation rental management. We need to be very granular and inclusive on defining professional standards It shouldn't be just large-scale operators and thought leaders that get to define industry standards because so many operators won't measure up to a certain scale being used as a barrier to entry. As I mentioned previously, guests deserve better than our industry is currently offering, regardless of scale of operations. For example, why can't we agree on a list of kitchen inventory items for stock in a vacation rental kitchen? I had such a kitchen standard in my own business, I designed an only kitchen inventory guide together with a shopping list. My system was so effective that another large-scale operator is openly copying it. How flattering. 
Why can't we agree on one common term and forego the mixed messaging of short-term rentals versus vacation rentals? This is an industry-level branding issue, and if you can't name something, you can't explain it. If you can't explain it, how can you connect with anyone? Suppliers, property owners, investors, the end consumer, the guest? Remember my earlier example of worrying about what constitutes a bed, or even a bedroom in a vacation rental versus a hotel? Don't you get nervous when you book a vacation rental and then you don't hear a word from the manager until the day before arrival? Nothing from point of booking to point of arrival. Why can't we have an industry standard for guest communications? And then my last example, linens. Unbelievable that we must admit this. But unlike the hotel industry, we have no accepted standard for what constitutes a made bed in a vacation rental property. No standard for consideration of the workload put on guests to make and or strip their beds, and in some cases, a laundry list, literally, of additional chores a guest must complete for the manager on departure. No standard for whether that duvet or blanket has been laundered since the last guest used it. A bath mats included? Dish towels? In the absence of industry-wide standards, those of us set in our standards have an enormous competitive advantage over those not willing to do the work. Doesn't it make sense then to not be so coy about your standards? Do as I do. Make your standards known through your marketing activities. Build them into your brand messaging to property owners and investors and guests. I had my graphic designer develop a seal that linked to a page on our company website where all of our curated standards were openly displayed. I built this seal into our brand messaging, placing it on all our property listing photos and elsewhere on our website. When clicking on the seal, there was a redirect to the property standards page explaining what the seal meant. I called the seal and our program the Sea Change Rest Easy Promise. This was our brand promise displaying the elements of our brand identity that built trust in our guests. The same seal and brand promise message clearly to potential property owner investors the type of company we were and the type of property owner investor we would work with and the type of property that was the best fit for our program. Again, the same large company that copied my kitchen guide has copied my brand seal idea. Great for the guest and the industry. Again, I'm flattered. When I'm looking to sink a significant portion of my household budget on vacation accommodation, I don't care if I've booked through an OTA, a listing site, through a curator of accommodation and travel services, or directly with the property owner or property manager. I want my trust in the product and experience to be warranted. It would help if I could read such proof in an open disclosure of listing and management standards. I celebrate any effort to set and raise elite standards in our industry. However, unless we're prepared to do the hard work of aligning all investors and voices under one common purpose, meeting the needs of the guest, we're doomed. This leads me nicely into my second question I asked at the outset of the episode. Are elite standards scale and price independent? How do we differentiate between standards that guests deserve, regardless of how many properties we manage, and the price point of the stay. What do you think? 
Can we agree as an industry on common elite standards that are guaranteed to guests regardless of the number of properties under management or the price the guest paid? Are there additional elite standards that are only applicable to higher price points? I don't have the answers to these questions, but I do think the guest deserves better than the unreliable, widely variable product and guest experience our industry currently serves up. While we're waiting for answers to these difficult questions, will you join me? Let's go open source on professional elite standards of vacation rental management. The very least we need to do is to find a way of connecting the voice of the guest to the insider conversations happening in our industry. For the time being, can't we all agree that guests deserve certain expectations of professional management regardless of the number of properties under management and regardless of who sets the rules of entry? That's our cue to wrap up another episode of How the Guest Was Won, Tales from the Trails for Vacation Rental Pioneers. What ground have we covered today and what questions have we raised for further discussion? Firstly, we covered the difference between elite standards and elitism. Next, in such a fragmented industry, can we coordinate with each other regardless of the size of our operations to agree on elite standards of professional management that define our industry connect with and build trust with the guest. Then I covered, are elite standards scale and price independent? How do we differentiate between standards the guests deserve regardless of how many properties we manage and the price point of the stay? And then lastly, a suggestion that we go open source and collaborate to produce a set of commonly agreed standards for professionalism in vacation home management. Did I miss anything that we need to return to in a future episode? You tell me. Up next on episode 6, a sea of emotions. We're all going to be bringing it in for a group hug. That should be interesting after spending so much time on dusty trails. Episode 6 is all about understanding vacation rentals intellectually versus emotionally. It means getting out of your office and experiencing the product like a guest. If you can't put yourself in the mind of a guest, go be a guest. That's the sound of another day on the trails coming to an end. I always like to close with a pun in case we got a little too serious with our conversation. So, sun's out, pun's out, here we go. Question. Why do earthworms, centipedes, and millipedes excel at email marketing? Answer, they're good at segmentation. Until next time, happy trails! If your brand resonates with this podcast and you would like to sponsor this podcast, please get in touch with me through our website, stayattention.com forward slash podcast. If you have an episode topic or a story just bursting to be told, also get in touch with me through our website, stayattention.com forward slash podcast.